You're listening to the Adult and Teen Challenge of the Upper Cumberland Podcast. Now, your weekly message from Pastor Tim McLaughlin. Praise God. So exciting to be with you today, another week. Um, not sure what day you're listening to this, but the day that I'm recording it, it is coming a monsoon outside. So wherever you're at, I hope you're warm and I hope you're dry. Uh, today I want to talk to you, probably for the next couple of days, we'll break this up into a couple different podcasts. But I want to talk to you about following Jesus is costly. Following Jesus is costly. If you have your Bibles, go to Matthew chapter 8, verse 18 through 22. Matthew chapter 8, verses 18 through 22. It says, And when Jesus saw great multitudes about him, he gave a command to depart to the other side. Then a certain scribe came to him, said, Teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes, birds of the air have their nest, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Then another of his disciples said to him, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. But Jesus said to him, Follow me and let the dead bury their own dead. Father, I pray that you'd be with each and every one that's listening. Uh, give them ears to hear, eyes to see, and a heart to receive what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. And Lord, be with me as I share these things from my heart uh, that you've impressed upon me, or that I would speak them just the way that you've given them to me. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So I want to talk to you again. Following Jesus is costly. Salvation is a free gift. But following Jesus will cost you your life. Dietrich Bonhoeffer said this, The cross is laid on every Christian. As we embark upon discipleship, we surrender ourselves to Christ in union with His death. We give our lives to death. The cross is not the terrible end to an otherwise God-fearing and happy life, but it meets us at the beginning of our communion with Christ. When Christ calls a man, He bids him, Come and die. I love the last line of that quote from Dietrich Bonhoeffer. When Christ calls a man, he bids him come and die. So again, I want to share with you two things about following Jesus that will cost you everything. The first one I want to talk to you about today is that it will cost you comfort. When we decide to follow Jesus, we are surrendering everything. And we must first understand that Jesus will cost you comfort. Verse 18 to 20 says, And when Jesus saw a great multitude about him, he gave command to depart to the other side. Then a certain scribe came and said to him, Teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes, birds there have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. First Jesus said, Depart to the other side. The expression, the other side, usually marks Jesus' movement across the Sea of Galilee. On this occasion, Jesus leaves from the primarily Jewish region on the west side to the primary Gentile region on the east. This is not a call to get away from the crowd, but a call of discipleship to go where you are needed, even if it is not easy. I want to repeat that. The call of discipleship is to go where you are needed, And it is not always easy. Let's be honest. If Jesus only called people to places of security and comfort, Hawaii would be filled with missionaries. However, when he calls us to leave behind those places that make us feel secure to those places that we are needed, 
That is a true calling of discipleship. Once they got to the other side of the lake, verse 19 says, A certain scribe came and said to him, Teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. The person was a scribe. He was knowledgeable of religious law. He was an expert at handling written documents. In the ancient world, only a few people could read and write. Although the Jews had a higher percentage of population trained in reading and writing, only a special group regularly worked with written materials, and even fewer had access to books or scriptures. The capabilities of the scribe went far beyond the simple secretarial skill to include teaching, interpretation, and regulation of laws. This is out of the ordinary for scribes and teachers of the law because most of them are against Jesus, but for some reason, this, this particular scribe seems willing to associate himself with Jesus. At least that's the way it appears at first. He says to Jesus, I will follow you. Normally, this indicates a desire for discipleship, a relationship. But this man has in mind the kind of master-disciple relationship in which a potential disciple examines various masters and then enlists himself with the most popular or easiest to serve. This is often the way many Christians choose what church that they want to go to and what pastor they want to follow. How easy is it going to be to serve in this church? How easy will it be to serve this pastor? Jesus knew that a strong profession does not necessarily reflect a strong commitment. Jesus claimed to be willing, or the scribe rather, claimed to be willing to follow Jesus wherever he might go, but Jesus sees through the scheme and challenges him by pointing out the consequences of following him. Jesus says to him, Foxes have holes, birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Rabbis of that time enjoyed a rel relatively high status with Judaism. But Jesus has no school or no synagogue or no prestigious place of honor for this young scribe to be comfortable. Jesus stays at the homes of friends, relatives, and disciples through most of his ministry. This man's enthusiasm was superficial at best. He had no heartfelt desire to truly follow Jesus. His enthusiasm was fueled by the glitter and the glory of Jesus' miracles, but was not taking into account that following Jesus required surrendering everything. In verse 20, Jesus refers to him as the Son of Man. The scribe being studied in the Scriptures would have known that Daniel wrote of the Son of Man in chapter 7, verse 13 and 14. Daniel 7, 13 and 14 says, I was watching in the night visions, and behold, one like the Son of Man, coming with the clouds of heaven. He came to the Ancient of Days, and they brought him near before him. Then to him who was given dominion and glory and a kingdom, that all peoples, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion, which shall not pass away, and his kingdom, the one which shall not be destroyed. See, this is how the scribe thinks of following Jesus, how it would be, but he ignores what other scriptures have to say about the Son of Man, such as Isaiah 53.3 that says, He is despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, and he hid as it were our faces from him. He was despised and we did not esteem him. See, the scribe, like many Christians today, wants to be Jesus' groupie, but not his disciple. To be a disciple, you need to know what you're getting into. Mark chapter 10 verse 38 says, But Jesus said to them, You do not know what you ask. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink? 
and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with. Following Jesus will cost you what is familiar and comfortable. He does not call us so that we can stay in comfort of what we know. He calls us to cross over to the other side, to a place that is unfamiliar, unknown, and unpredictable. What I think is interesting also about this is that Jesus makes the statement when the man says that he wants to follow him, and Jesus says that foxes have holes and birds there have their nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Many people try to preach that Jesus was poor. Jesus was not poor. If you'll remember at the age of two, wise men from the east came and brought Jesus gold, frankincense, and myrrh. A poor man would have no need of a treasure. Judas Iscariot, the one that would betray Jesus, was his treasure. And oftentimes, like when Jesus wanted to feed the 4,000 and the 5,000, the treasure would say, well, that would cost us a lot of money. Why would he be concerned about something that he did not have? Jesus was not poor. The scribe would have known that Jesus had some form of wealth. But Jesus makes the comment that I'm not spending that wealth on, on things of this world. See, Jesus calls us to, to, to cross to the other side, to cross to the place of unfamiliarity, cross to the place where there is no comfort. He calls us to do what we have never done, to go where we have never gone, and to trust Him to meet all of our needs. Following Jesus might cost you your plans. Following Jesus might cost you your family. I know many of my family live up in Michigan, and God brought me to Tennessee, and I don't see my family as often as I would like but I know that I'm right where God has called me to be. Following Jesus might cost you your friends. I had a guy that I grew up with, and we were, we were best friends all through high school, and even after high school, we both went in the Marine Corps together. Uh, but when God radically transformed my life, when God delivered me from drugs and alcohol, and when God took away my foul mouth, uh, I remember I hadn't seen my friend in several months, and he came by where I was working at at the time, and he sat down and started talking the way that we used to talk, using very vulgar language and talking about, hey, let's go out and grab some beers. When I looked at him and I asked him, I said, hey, I don't talk that way anymore. Um, I've been born again. God has transformed my life. Please don't talk that way in front of me, and I will be more than happy to go out to dinner with you, but let's go someplace where they don't serve alcohol. And he got up and cussed me, and I've not talked to him since then. Serving Jesus could cost you your friends. And following Jesus will cost you your popularity. If you're worried about being popular according to the world standards, following Jesus is probably not going to make you popular. I love this song written by Oscar Bernadotte that was written in 1888. The title of the song is, I Would Rather Have Jesus. Many of you have probably sang this song uh, out of your hymnal, but let me just read it for you. It says, I would rather have Jesus than silver or gold. I'd rather be his than have riches untold. I'd rather have Jesus than houses or land. I'd rather be led by his nail-pierced hand. I'd rather have Jesus than men's applause. I'd rather be faithful to his dear cause. I'd rather have Jesus than worldwide fame. I'd rather be true to his holy name. He's fairer than lilies at rarest bloom. He's sweeter than the honey from the comb. He's all that my hunger spirit needs. I'd rather have Jesus and let him lead. I'd rather have Jesus than anything this world affords today. 
So my question to you, dear saints, are you willing to follow Jesus in spite of the comfort that it may cost you? It's a big task. We serve a big God, and He's made a way. He's just asking you to pick up your cross and follow me. Father, thank you again for the opportunity to share today. I pray that you bless each and every one that listened to it. Look over them, keep them protected. And Lord, again, if there's one that listened to this podcast, that somebody sent it to them, and they may not know you as Lord and Savior, I pray that today they would cry out to you and ask you to be Lord of their life. Father, I just thank you again for the opportunities we have to serve you through this ministry. We give all praise, glory, and honor to you. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Have a great day. I look forward to talking to you next week. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to know more about this ministry or consider supporting, visit us at teenchallengeuc.org. 